Whitelist.io Kia ora koutou, ko Courtney Toku Ingoa. And hello everyone, my name is Courtney. I am a mindset, mindfulness and self-development coach from Ototahi Christchurch in New Zealand, if you can't tell from the extremely strong accent. Sometimes I'll go into an Australian accent because some of my family live there and a lot of the people I work with, coaches and mentors, also from Australia. So just going to preempt, that is why sometimes there is a bit of a twang from from business as usual. This podcast going into season three, which is very exciting. And I'm intuitively leading this podcast to just follow the season that I'm in, which is really cool to bring you guys along. If you have been here since the very start of season one, end of 2022, you will know that there has just been so much exciting stuff for the podcast. And season three is bringing a new intentionality around bringing back those teaching elements, mixing them in with what season two was, which was all about normalizing spits of conversations and having conscious and vulnerable connections. I am so excited to bring you the blend and just bring you guys along for the ride as what this podcast is constantly evolving into. It's just, just the most magical journey and I'm so grateful for you here, for your energy and let's get into it. Open your mind, stay grounded, stay connected to what is for you, what isn't, what's resonating, and maybe what is something for you to put in your toolbox for later on in life. Let's get into it. Alrighty, team. Today I want to talk to you about misophonia, my journey with it, what the fuck that actually is, and yeah, it's a rare thing. It's a rare thing. And I was talking with my friend about doing a podcast on it. And yeah, it just feels like the time and place to to come on to speak about it and just share a bit of the the funny stuff and the not so funny stuff about a not so well-known disorder, but one that has been the catalyst for me looking after myself doing all of the mindset work, nervous system regulation, self-development, mindfulness, meditation, everything really comes back to this. And I'm really excited to come and speak to you guys about it today because I feel like it's a very full circle moment from not thinking it was a real thing to actually being, oh wow, like this is, this is big. And I get to really powerfully navigate how I how I how I move forward with this in my life. And so if you don't know what misophonia is, it's an overstimulation disorder to noise, especially repetitive noise of a certain frequency. So frequencies such as rustling, crunching, <laughs> um like sniffing, anything that has like a repetitive relatively like kind of like high-pitched noise and like for me this can include specifically for me this includes a lot of eating noises so um crunching chewing 
slurping, <laughs> pretty much anything that is, um, you could imagine my worst nightmare is six people eating soup around me. That is kind of the vibe. And what misophonia actually is, is the body, when it hears these noises, it interprets them as a a threat. It interprets that stimulus as a as something that is a threat to my survival. And my brain and body go into like a, a fight or flight or freeze <laughs> kind of uh, reaction in, in, in my system. And when I was younger, a, a lot of people develop misophonia around 12, 13, like the start of adolescence. And when I first started experiencing these systems, I kind of just thought they were like me getting pissed off with people eating loud near me, like as you do. And went through a lot of my teenage years, especially starting to go into uni and having quite a lot of, you know, stress on my brain, especially from like an analytical and technical perspective. I had not been diagnosed with ADHD at this point. So I was like, huh, I wonder why uni was so hard. Who would have fucking figured? But (laughs) a misophonia, especially in those times, is for me, I have misophonia, but I have symptoms of misophonia it's not something that happens all of the time but especially when I am stressed tired dysregulated I have a lot of unconscious or conscious pressure on my nervous system energetic capacity is low all of those things then the misophonia symptoms are a lot worse And when I started going to uni, especially, so uni, you know, she's, she's a, she's a time. We love it, but also you're there to learn. You're there to grow and expand and improve your knowledge or, (laughs) or binge drink three nights a week, which is uh, another podcast. But for me, going to uni was like, oh, I'm in silent floor a lot studying needing to concentrate but I can't concentrate because there is noise and it's when it kind of got to the point where was it just like people around me or my family or kind of like friends it was like oh this is everyone everyone pisses me off (laughs) and so this carried on and I was like oh yeah noticing the signs and and just yeah keep going and then it reached this point where my best example is I started working at an office job. It was like a small office, probably like six people in my little like area. And it was just very silent all the time. Like everyone had earphones in or something. And then people would like kind of eat at their desk. Cause it was very like a, it was, sometimes we'd have like, you know, four or five hours of meetings or be in and out and everyone would kind of you know just eat at their desk if if they didn't have time to go down or go outside or you know the drill and I started not being able to concentrate I started to not be able to focus to sit still and one of the things with misophonia that is really it's a silent disorder right like you can't see most of the time but you can't see that it is happening and so when my workmates like bless them like they're just living their life um 
when my workmates would eat at their desk, I would go into this freeze, flight or fight syndrome. And because I was such a fucking huge people pleaser, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't say anything. I would just internalize all of the reactivity and to the point where it was just so incredibly toxic. Because if you think about, say for instance, someone is chewing or eating and you are going into fight or flight or freeze you are fucking like I'm gonna die like it literally feels like you're going it literally feels like you're going to die like you're in danger and if someone's eating an apple next to you the thought process for me was very much so and kind of now is but the journey was oh my fucking gosh like this is real thoughts and I want to be really raw and honest and transparent with you guys like this is actually what happens in my brain like imagine Tourette's but it's similar responses internally rather than externally it's an internal process for the most part and this is yes reactivity but it's not it's not something you can fully control and I think that was the part where I was like if I accept that accepting that would mean I could work towards navigating and healing and doing all the things but it would also mean going fuck I'm accepting that this is my this is what I actually have and I'm gonna have to live with it and so if someone was next to me eating an apple I'd be like you fucking bitch like why are you eating so loudly like this is so rude like oh my gosh like can you not just go somewhere else and like can't believe you'd be so like fucking rude like all this all this stuff and then the internal process of that is to then talk shit to yourself because you're like, I can't believe I just said these incredibly awful things to someone that I respect, love, my workmate who is literally just eating an apple. Like, oh my gosh. And then there's this, all this internal gaslighting of like, I can't believe you would say that thing. Like how awful, you're a fucking terrible person. Like who would say this? Like blah, 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 blah. And this would happen like multiple times a day, this process. And then the process would only last a short time, but the internal gaslighting, the internal negative self-talk, the the guilt, the shame, the, the resistance, the energy that was being held in my body, the stress, the strain, that would last for a while and it would last for longer. And it would last for longer. And about the end of 2021, in December, I was like, I literally would avoid going to work at certain times because I knew people would be eating. I couldn't, I literally just couldn't talk. Like people would bring their lunch to meetings and I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't do my job because I was like admin support and I like couldn't concentrate and write because people were eating. And I'm like, it literally started to debilitate me to the point of I couldn't be present doing anything and I couldn't do my job I couldn't enjoy life and I actually started to resent and hate myself because of the person that I'd I'd perceived myself to be in my mind from these reaction from these reactivity responses and I think this is what I mean when I talk to self-compassion like this is something I still live with right but when I talk to self-compassion it's like how much compassion do you show yourself 
for something that's out of your control, but this is still happening internally. Like, the levels of empathy and self-compassion that I've had to show myself through this process over the last, like, three years <laughs> has been immense, but honestly, the one of the best... What, like this thing. You either look at it as a curse or you look at it as a blessing and you go, fuck, I get to really ramp up everything. I have so many tools and skills and the depth of my transformation and my growth showed me so much about who I actually am. And so December 2021, I was like, all right, I feel fucking shit. Um, This cannot go on. I had reached my rock bottom moment and start of... 2022 I said I'm going to journal and meditate every day like I have to do something daily to connect with myself to sort myself out because I literally I am just so far from a person who I want to be the way in which I want to live I just want to I just want to tolerate life like I literally just want to be able to go to work do my thing not hate myself and come home and be present with people sharing meals also this is all the social connection stuff right like it was a struggle to just eat with people. <laughs> and if you think about the actual amount of times that you eat with people, like, <laughs> it's every day. Uh, it's funny, but I was not laughing at the time. So meditation, journaling every day for two months showed me so much about myself and really allowed me to sit with the uncomfort and the shit and regulate my nervous system to a point in which I could see oh I've been wanting to get help with this for a while but there's low self-worth there's fear there's doubt there's fear of being judged for this thing um which I was afraid because the amount of the thing I had told people about what was happening and they'd kind of and this is not to shame guilt like this is literally just obviously the response and like I'd probably be the same because I didn't live with it if I didn't live with it and they kind of not not laughed but they were kind of like oh that's so it's so weird like I and I didn't have the vulnerability at that time and the the directness and the compassion to share with people how debilitating it actually was for me and so of course people didn't understand because they didn't explain it in a way that they would be able to understand you know, and yeah, it got me to this point. I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to psychologists. I'm ready to like work on this and I'm, I feel empowered and I feel regulated enough to actually see, see my shit and see what I need to do here. And so from my psychology degree, I knew that I needed CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and probably would need some tapping to dip, tap into my um in a trauma around this thing and I was like cool we're good to go and so I go on the doctor and I have I still have the video and I went to the doctor and my doctor was um she was away and I was like oh fuck I've got to go to the other doctor who's really nice but I just you know he, he you know it's like not your doctor you're like mm, all right this is fine I was like oh my gosh so now I've like really like prepared my like mentally prepared myself and it was someone else and I was like okay you've got to you're here you've got to speak about it and 
he I went and I explained my situation he's like yeah that's very very real and like it's rare but for the experience that you're having for the for the symptoms that you have and for the extent of it like it's very real thing and completely validated and dissolved all of my fear and my shame and my guilt because it came from someone who was you know a doctor a person who knew this shit and like I'm just so incredibly grateful that it was someone in that profession that I respected that understood and that validated my experience from a really healthy level of validation like validation in a healthy level is necessary at sometimes to heal validating myself was not an option because I couldn't I didn't even have the self-worth to like look at it up to about the week before <laughs> like and it was like one of the best days of my life I just remember going I'm not crazy like I'm not I'm not like I'm going to be able to work through this it's a real thing like I there's a name to it I can actually like feel really empowered by having this like it's not in the DSM-5 so like the big psychology like diagnosis book effectively <laughs> but it's still a very real thing and it was the validation that I needed to be able to to do the work around it and so that's what I did I went to my psychologist Margaret who is a fucking angel and I started working with her and did four four sessions of EFT tapping therapy and if you don't know what tapping therapy it's tapping on certain points of the body to it's almost like a slightly distracting yourself and putting your intention to what you are doing with your hands so someone kind of guides you through it um you can do it for you like you can self tap and it's really beautiful practice especially if you suffer with feelings or or heightened levels of of anxiety or or overstimulation to kind of ground you back in but also to look at traumatic things so it's quite it's used quite prevalently in like PTSD and uh, traumatic experiences to to get people feeling safe enough and to uh, logistics of it effectively it gets to a point where you can open up more and doing that therapy what she did was she took me to a time so like I'm going to share you guys some like fucking funny stories because like honestly like well it's not funny it's not laugh with me not at me but like <laughs> I I know you guys were like like this is not like a um toxic povo vibe povo pozo vibe this is literally just like sometimes you literally just have to laugh because if you don't laugh then you don't look at it and if you don't look at it you don't transcend and heal through it so that is that is I'm just going to preface that but the situation that we used was there was like a lunchtime webinar if you fucking know me I will never be doing a lunchtime seminar I will never be doing we eat and we talk and I'm just nah we will not be doing that because of this reason <laughs> and I remember this guy had like a rustly paper bag and he was eating a pie and I was like in the middle of the row in the middle of the area and I literally froze and I was like almost in tears because I was like I can't move like I actually just my body went into like a full 
paralyzed state and I did my my vagal nerve breathing so slower exhale than inhale calm my body I turned to my 10 breaths and it worked a little bit but it was just like I literally felt like I was going to die <laughs> like I it sounds dramatic but it's not like it's actually just not and that's the situation that we used and my feeling around that and, and how dysregulated I felt went from a 10 with four EFT tapping therapy sessions and my daily journaling, meditation, exercise, everything else that I was doing, obviously on top of that as well, um, went from like a 10 to like a 2 or a 3. And if you can think about, imagine going from like a headache that's like a 10 to a 2 or a 3 over and you've this headache you've had for 12 fucking years like can you just imagine like the shift and the change in my life and in the way I could carry myself the things that I could do just honestly it, it was just like like my life actually just like the fog cleared and I was like wow there's actually things in my life that I can do now like this is amazing um and I'll be forever grateful for for the patience and the kindness and and for that therapy because going forward my journey was then okay I feel like I've got to a really good place with it now it's about learning to navigate and manage it from here what does that look like and it was so cool because I got to dive so because I had to like I needed to and I wanted to and it was a really cool experience because I got to and I still get to experience all of these incredible things in life that are available to us to be able to yeah regulate ourselves to heal our nervous system to get to a point of regulation where like last year I only cried once I cry almost every week (laughs) like can you see the difference? The The story last year, Charlotte and I were going to Bali and I had my noise cancelling earphones in. I was like, we Gucci, we good. Noise cancelling earphones, if you, like a sidebar, noise cancelling earphones were actually the point in which I had to go to psychologist because if you look at a bell curve, I would get to the top of the bell curve, get fight or flight and then put the noise cancelling earphones in. So it's like Pavlov's dogs. If you've done study psychology or if you want to look further into it, like Pavlov's dogs get, you know, human beings, not just dogs, get trained to a stimulus. Every time I put my noise-canceling earphones in, I would get instant release. And so I started to rely on them. And then I never let myself learn, sit in the fucking discomfort and navigate the coming down of the bell curve to self-soothe, self-regulate and come back to a neutral state. And so that was a whole thing. It's like giving yourself a quick fix. Like, I'm tired. I'm going to have a coffee. It's like, no, maybe if you're tired, maybe you should just let yourself be tired and relax. Like, it, rather than spiking and then you start to rely on coffee. Like, whole other thing. I'm tangenting. But so this guy next to me ate two bags of chips in concession. Two rustly, crunchy bags of chips on the plane. He literally was eating bags of chips for about an hour and a half. And I was in full fucking tears. Like he, there was like a guy in between him and, and between me and this guy. 
and I was in full tears because I couldn't move and I couldn't like like this is the thing it's just it's so it's so interesting to see just how I react to these situations but I was like one cool you only cried once in the whole year because of this like that's huge and two I was like journaling through this and and I was journaling out what was going on in my head and it was probably one of the first times where I could see it on paper and I didn't judge myself for the the thoughts I was having I'm like babe you're doing your fucking best like you're actually just doing your best like knowing I'd actually I was actually doing my best because I have always committed to now looking for where I can become the most neutral grounded fucking regulated version of myself because if I'm not I literally can't operate in life and not even from a place of like doing normal stuff but just obviously life has noise life has beautiful noise like and and I want to be able to share in beautiful memories and connect with people and I love food and I love talking and I want to be able to do that so on one hand yeah I do have to do all of the things that I do I do but then on the other side I'm like I get to I get to become this most incredible calm chill regulated human because yeah I had to but now I want to and I get to and it's just like the most amazing thing and yeah I it's funny when I wanted to do this podcast I mean there's so much science there's so much um tips and tricks and 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 things that have helped me in my journey and and what I've kind of navigated and what I've been building but the thing is like these are the things that like real life experience where you can only control what you can control and what you can't you have to acknowledge accept and release the control around it or the control that you're trying to put on that thing because trying to control my reactivity trying to control my response trying to suppress and control my thoughts my emotions it didn't help me what helped me was having that realization having that radical responsibility and action be like you can't you don't want to live this way you don't deserve to live this way like life gets to be better than this you get to be better than this you get to be calm and regulated and and just this the version of yourself that you want to be and this is when when you talk to like yeah controlling what you control taking the radical responsibility of going okay there is this thing that I can't control and that's okay I acknowledge it I see it I don't fucking hide from it anymore I lean in and I trust myself that I can hold it and if I can't don't feel like I can hold it I get the support I hire the coach I go to the gym that's more expensive but has less people I do weekly ice bath sauna I meditate and journal every day I do those things because I commit to me being able to be and getting to be the best version of myself and isn't that fucking amazing rather than going oh awful like me prior 
me going, oh, no, it's so out of my control, can't do anything, like, I'm just going to not be able to talk to anyone about this and this is going to be my life forever, terrible times. It's a very different conversation, it's way less fucking embarrassing, that's for sure, but this is the thing, you have your rock bottom moment and sometimes you, you just hope you don't have to get there before you change, but sometimes you do. Sometimes you just have to go, look, I've reached this point and now I've got to change, now I'm going to fucking change my life. And that's okay too. It doesn't matter when you decide to change. It's just, sometimes you just need to give yourself the permission to, before it gets bad, do something about it. Like, I deserve to live an optimal, incredible life. I don't deserve to just have tolerable. I deserve to have an incredible life. And, like, this year has been, obviously and unconsciously, there's been a lot of stress on my nervous system. And I was initiated into this again. And I said, cool, what am I going to do? I stopped with, I, I, I pulled, I didn't stop because it's it's a way of being, but I pulled back from more of my proactive mindset, growth, ambition stuff it was still happening in parallel but I really started to go okay cool I need to go back to my psychologist and get some more of this therapy and see what else is bubbling underneath and what I found was has made me so much lighter um and that was getting to the point where I was starting to have this reactivity response I was starting to yell at people again because of their eating habits and my beautiful people that I love so much hi um I love you and I'm like it's the thing all you can do is say I'm sorry and I'm gonna do something about it no one deserves to be yelled at like I don't wanna, I don't want to yell at my partner every time he slurps a soup you know like sometimes you just gotta go you've got to stand up for yourself and go I can't control this and you need to understand and accept that. But also you can go, what can I do? What's act? Why am I actually having this reactivity response? And what action am I going to take as much as I possibly can? So I can say, when I say I'm doing my best, I can actually fucking believe it. Like that is so key to actually having self-trust and conviction and going, no, I'm actually doing everything I can. I remember I had this one, this fight with Colin a few months ago and I, because I had this huge blow up and, and I was like, right. And, and I just let myself literally cry out because I did have that moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I was in such fear. I was like, is everything going to come back? Is, am I going to live the way that I used to? Am I not going to be able to have the life I, I want? And I let myself literally bore my eyes out for two hours. And then I was like, booked, I emailed my psychologist and I got some frequency cancelling earphones and I went on with my life (laughs) and sometimes it literally just gets to be it just gets to be that simple when you make it simple and you take the action that's required of you to live the fucking incredible amazing connected life that you deserve and that I now get to live because I put in the dang work Thank you for listening to me and and learning about something that I've been 
yeah, wanting to share for a very long time and I'm really excited for just the vulnerability of this to to come through and yeah, just share something that until like a year or two ago, I literally didn't see any of this being talked about before. And I mean, you don't have to have, this is the thing, and, and this is my teachings like this. I'm a mindset coach. I'm not a misophonia coach. I'm not an ADHD coach. I'm not a, a trauma specialist coach. I'm a coach who focuses on you being the most authentic, aligned, an anchored version of yourself. I want you to become the most regulated and centered and grounded and convicted human in who you are. And it doesn't matter in the way in which you have gotten to this point in which you want to do that work. It matters that you choose to do it. It matters that you go, I know that everything starts with my mindset. I know that me doing the work around my values is going to anchor me in on my journey me doing the work around my beliefs my thought patterns my ego my the parts of me I shame and suppress those are the things that are going to get me from where I am now to believing that I deserve and I'm worthy and I fucking can go to where I want to go and that I'm going to land there and I'm going to be the safe human that can hold it like it doesn't matter about where you've come from on your journey. Like these, the tools that I learned from misophonia, they're tools, this is why I say misophonia is a symptomatic thing. But a lot of these things that I talk about with misophonia are just elevated versions of having the symptoms of being a human being. Like reactivity responses, self-compassion, doing what you need to do, like, body regulation, all of these things apply to everyone, the healing modalities, the mindset shifts, the work, the nervous system regulation applies to everyone because we're all human beings that have a nervous system and a mindset that is going to either be the thing that drives us towards where we want to go or away from it. And this is why when I talk to misophonia, it is a huge part of who I am, but it's not who I am. It is the way in which it's a part of my journey. And it was simply my catalyst to do the work to change my own life. And for you, it might be, and probably is something else. But we all have a common goal. We all want to live an incredibly beautiful and expansive life where our mindset serves us, where we get to elevate and become the most beautiful, powerful, impactful and aligned version of who we are. And whatever that is for you, whatever is your catalyst, if you are having your rock bottom moment now or if you see yourself going there and you want to catch yourself before you get there, like decide to make this your moment where you choose yourself where you choose fulfillment where you don't choose to live just tolerably and 
<laughs> that is all I have to say. Just again, thank you. I'm so grateful for you taking the time if you at the end of this episode to gain an insight as to my why, my journey and why I get to do the work at the depths that I do. And I fucking love it. I love the work that I do. I love the clients that I get to work with. And I love being able to share from a fully embodied state how I got there. And to guide people on this journey is the biggest blessing of my life. And I'm just so incredibly grateful. Have an incredibly expansive aligned day. And if you know you are ready to take the next step to do the thing you need to do to get the support you need to hire that coach, to hire that mentor that you've been wanting to for a very long time and you're afraid to make the step, trust me, every time I've got the, the support, hired the coach, done the course, expanded myself and doing like an ice bath, which I thought was stupid, like breath work, anything that you're like, I'm curious, listen to your intuition, trust your guided, trust your, trust your mind that it is calling you towards the things that are going to help you work through the things that you know are calling to you to work through and that you are powerful enough to hold yourself through that journey. So much love and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the On The Fucking Vibe podcast. Hope you're having a absolute vibey day after listening to that chat, that teaching or whatever that podcast was. If I would absolutely love if you could tag me, share your takeaways, DM me your realizations. If anything has come up for you, I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I've popped all the ways to work with me in the show notes or if I have a guest, I'll pop them in the show notes as well. If you have any questions, always jump in my DMs. I love a chat and hope you have an absolute fucking on the vibe day. Artlist.io Music